The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Domain Masters, the longest-running podcast where we teach you to be the master of your domain. Master of your domain. We discuss domains from many different perspectives, including the legal rights of owners and trademark holders, domain values, and monetization strategies. We show you how to utilize domains to drive traffic to your business so you can gain favorable search engine rankings. We discuss power tools of the trade with the power players of the industry every week right here on Domain Masters. Please welcome your host, Victor Pitts. The New York Times has called it an explosion of the universe of web names. The San Francisco Chronicle said ICANN opens floodgates on internet address suffixes. ICANN has opened the internet address system to limitless possibilities of the human imagination, says Rob, Rod uh, Beckstrom, President and Chief Executive Officer for ICANN. No doubt the media is ablaze with fascination about the new TLD. The time is now that the rest of us ponder the significance of these new TLDs to us. Search engines evaluate new algorithms that might they might consider, uh, and they might consider the trust factor of the domain names differently in the near future. New generations of browsers are evaluating changes in the way that they connect to these new GTLDs and provide more influence on traffic that is now dominated by search. New TLDs have brand managers and entrepreneurs reconsidering the prominence and the messaging of their key brand domains. New businesses will be formed, including new registries for each new TLD. New registrar opportunities will emerge. There will be companies specializing upon trademark rights, adjunct data processing firms to provide specific services to registries and registrars, as the age of the TLD specialization and targeting is almost certainly upon us. Navigating the ICANN application process and getting your business organized and moving in the right direction and um, in, the, in the goal of, is the goal of this any new TLD. On this episode, I introduce Dr. Liz Williams, a recognized expert in internet policy and governance. She's worked across the spectrum of ICANN operations for global registries and for registrars. A summary of her experiences includes she was lead policy development specialist for the introduction of the new top-level domains on a contractual condition for registry operators. Uh, She was was an applications process designer for the 2004 sponsored uh, top-level domain name round. Uh, She was the chair and the sponsor of other issues uh, evaluation team of the 2004 sponsoring top-level domain name round. She was an expert witness for the ICM Registry International Arbitration about the XXX Registry application. She was the deputy chair of uh, board of directors for the .au domain name registry. And she's now the CEO of Sidari, a new registry management service company. She is an Australian international affairs specialist currently based in Europe with experience in Asia Pacific, North America, and developing Pacific countries. She has a doctorate in information technology and law on, on the globalization and regulation and its impact on the domain name systems, and a master in communications on regulating the Internet and privacy uh, protection. In the earlier phases of her career, she spent several years in Australia's federal parliament working on telecommunication issues, health policy research, and environmental issues. No doubt, we recognize her qualifications as an expert on GTLDs 
and ICANN and the domain industry infrastructure. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Dr. Liz Williams. How are you doing, Dr. Williams? Very well. Thank you, Victor. Great to talk to you. Well, it's great to talk to you as well. Well, there's there's many exciting changes that's uh, happening in the world around us, particularly in the area of domains. And from your vantage point of having heard the arguments for all these years within ICANN, both for and against the new TLDs, as well as being on the ground floor of the uh, evolution of the application process, what will be the biggest uh, benefit of these new TLDs to the, the public at large? I think it's a really good question, and I think that the, the debate has really focused on, on GTLD owners rather than on end users. And one of the things that I really find so exciting and creative and innovative about this process is that the benefit to end users is about using systems in their own language, um, defining their own content, becoming their own publishers, um, determining how they wish to use the Internet. And, and frankly, we really, really don't know what the next usage of the internet is going to be. Um, I predict that we will see from developing countries, particularly those that speak Chinese and Arabic uh, and other languages which, which we call internationalized domain names, which are not driven by Latin script, as the biggest drivers of change for us. Um, and, and frankly, we'll stop using English so much. will be not such a bad thing. Um, so I think the biggest benefit is control. The biggest benefit is on self-publishing, and, and finally on choice, you know, choice about the way in which you can use technology. Mm-hmm. Well, the ICANN fee is a, a hefty $185,000 for application. We hear a lot of discussion about that. But this is actually just the, the wedge of the edge, if you will, of, of the investment cost for launching a new registry service. What are some of the key responsibilities of, of these new registries as they bring these new TLDs to market? Mm, yeah, it's a really good question. Anyone who has sticker shock about $185,000 ought not be thinking about applying for a, for a new top-level domain because that is the tiniest portion, not only of the cost for actually applying, but it's also the tiniest portion of the cost for actually running a registry. And I think the key responsibilities are driven by ICANN's contract. Much of that contract is not negotiable. It's been developed over a very, very long period of time with a lot of stakeholder engagement, with a lot of input from governments from around the world. Um, And the responsibilities are are driven by the contract, which really thinks seriously about stability and security of the Internet. And, of course, that's, you know, the basis of ICANN's key mission and core values. But not only that, I mean, any registry operator or any string owner that wants to run a registry really has to be thinking seriously about the way in which their business integrates with the broader internet uh, and the way in which that is done responsibly and elegantly and and carefully and also, of course, technically sensibly. Um, And there is no doubt that that there are technical service providers and there's an array of them um, that can provide the technical pieces of the puzzle. The bigger issue, of course, is running a business that is, um, from a business operations perspective, compliant um, in the jurisdiction that it's set up, um, that it respects the rights, the intellectual property rights and the, own, the ownership rights of others who own copyright, for example, mm. um, in, the, in the broader world. Um, and frankly, the other issue, of course, is you know, preventing as much as possible consumer confusion. And you talked before about the biggest benefit, you asked before about the biggest benefit to Internet users. One of the biggest downsides of UTLDs, of course, is customer confusion. Mm-hmm. And, and we see malware and phishing and botnets and all kinds of other horrible things that take place, and that will not go away. Um, and registries really do have a responsibility to be running their operations in the most 
not rigid, but the most thoughtful and best practice way to stop consumer confusion where possible. For for um, uh, applicants that are considering uh, bringing a new TLD to market, what do you think is going to be the area that the majority of these businesses um, are, are going to have the most challenge in, in, in dealing with with taking a name to market? There's two big challenges. One is, unfortunately, most applicants that I see, I've only focused on the application process. And whilst that is indeed important, and of course you don't have a TLD without going through the process, um, sensible applicants are thinking very, very seriously about their business operations. How are they going to do what they intend to do? Um, and and Sadari provides that kind of service because we've seen an opportunity for We're very well served in the market for very good and very robust technical solutions, whether they're registry solutions or registrar solutions. The biggest gap and the biggest missing piece of the puzzle is experienced business operators actually running a registry business because it's a particular kind of business. Mm -hmm. And and I think that is a big challenge for applicants. I mean, that's the things that, you know, we do inside out, back to front every day of the week. Um, but I'm seeing a vast array of applicants that are very experienced business people or they're very clever entrepreneurs or they're very capable existing global organisations, but they're not of the domain name industry. They're not used to the way the system works. They're not used to the way in which, frankly, the technical systems work. Mm-hmm. And then that leaves aside completely the challenge of bringing together a dot vector to the market to get people to buy it. You know, what's exciting about a dot .victor? Well, the biggest challenge for Victor is to tell the world why the dot .victor space is the best thing since last bread. Mm-hmm. And that's a very, very crowded market. Well, no doubt. Um, we, we also know that when, when you bring a new business to, to market, um, there, there's a lot of activities that you just won't encounter, won't see, won't be doing once that business is, is established. So for these new um, TLD operators, uh, there's there's a lot of activities right now around getting the name through the application process, um, creating the, the, the registry backend services, creating the registrar relationships, creating all of your, your intellectual property relationships and, and whatever you're going to be doing there to protect the rights of, uh, of, of uh, trademark holders. Uh, there's a lot of things that go into the upfront piece of the business as opposed to the, the management. What do you, what do you see, though, skill, si- uh, skill set-wise and resource set-wise for an organization that's trying to uh, you know go at it along versus uh, one that's going to be running their business after the fact? What's the biggest differences in terms of um, the embodiment or the, the types of resources that you would need to launch the, these businesses through this process as opposed to actually running it? Yeah, a really great question. And I think that what we're seeing, of course, is having waited so long for ICANN to announce the opening of the application process, many people believed it didn't actually was going to, it was not actually going to happen. Mm-hmm. And many people have left the industry. And I think what we're seeing at a very, very broad level is a vast scarcity of talent, experienced talent across the board, across the board from financial management. Um, to, to sales functions, to marketing functions, to PR awareness, um, and to operational awareness. And because there's a very, very limited pool of people who are actually have experience of running registry operations or who are experienced in the domain name industry. Um, the dot-com crash bubble, whatever you want to call it, 
um, has driven a lot of people out of the industry. And now what we're seeing, the biggest challenge for string owners, for applicants, is finding the right resources. And the cost of putting together the correct team to run a registry operation from a business perspective on your own is, I think, fairly a, a dangerous road to go, which is why you know we've identified an opportunity to, to run in a cost-efficient way the business operations for multiple string owners on a very cost-efficient platform that shares the impact of this, the, the scarcity of talent. And, and when there's scarcity, the price goes up. And we're seeing time and time again the prices of key personnel, for example, for a chief marketing officer, for a CTO, for a, a CFO, for a financial controller, for a marketing person, going up daily. And the pool for talent is, is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. The other great problem here, of course, is conflict management. And as anyone knows in, in the ICANN world, we can't, in our business, for example, we can't support the strings. We can't support two of the same string. We can't support two dot vectors. And that conflict management means that it's very, very easy to get into a situation where one might know information about another bid, um, but it's just not right to be working on, on both of those dot vectors at the same time. Mm-hmm. Only one can win, and that, again, reduces the amount of people available to be working in an unconflicted way on either an application or an ongoing business operation. So we've we've spent a, and I appreciate you spending so much time talking about the industry at large and the in the process and looking at things from from the outside. Uh, and tell us a bit more about uh, Sidari. Uh, what are the services that you guys provide and and um, and can offer to the registries as they bring in new names to market? Mm, sure, um, and thank you for the opportunity to describe that. It's a very exciting time for us. Um, and the, the team that we put together is really um, a team of experts that have comprehensive um, uh, exposure and experience in the, in the domain name registration business, not just in registry operations, but more broadly in the domain name industry. And one of the things that I identified about a year ago was this great gap in the, the way in which potential applicants were approaching how they would prosecute an application through the process. And, you know, writing application support staff, putting together financial templates, describing business plans, that's, that's okay. That's easy to do if you read the rules and you understand it and, and you've, you've had a bit of experience at it. What is not clear, and this is what we do, is how to run a registry operation on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I describe this as um, Sadari does not do technical service provision, which is black boxes with flashing green and red lights. We don't do name distribution which is either registering or selling names. That's what an ICANN-accredited registrar does. But we do everything else. Um, We do the strategic analysis. We do the stakeholder management if people are uh, dealing with an investor community or they're trying to convince a community of people to come together to support a community application. Um, We seriously manage the financial modelling. Um, quite often we see applicants who've got a fabulous idea and we never say to anyone that that's a bad idea because who knows what the next great idea is. Mm-hmm. Um, but many people have strengths in, for example, sales and marketing, but they have very um, patchy ability in thinking about the business plan as a holistic piece of a puzzle that not only uh, 
represents their ambitions and you know to pass the ICANN questions. But it also you know seriously um, has to address how many names under management an applicant might wish to aim for over a very long period of time. So what we bring to the table is a long-held experience. In my case, I've been doing this um, since the the mid-1990s in in this environment, in country code environment, and also in generic um, registry operations. And the the ambitions that people have way outstrip the the historical um, results. Um, so one of my jobs is to say, yeah, yeah, well, it's a really great idea that you think you're going to have a million names under management in the first year of operations, but I think seriously about whether that is feasible, possible, doable, correct, and right. Not to say that they couldn't be right, mm-hmm. but that history might be mitigating against them being right. Um, and this is a very, very crowded market because in the previous introductions of new TLDs, there was only 10 in the round for 2004, and there was a very limited number of business info and others in, in 2000 in the proof of concept round. And we don't have experience of a mass. And, and I was saying to someone yesterday, and I would not be surprised if there were about 700 applications that went in and probably 500 that make it through the process. Wow. And then come out as, you know, that's, and that's a big lot of big business ideas. That's a lot of investment money. Um, and it's a lot of very clever people trying to find a place in a market which may not be very forgiving. Very true. And in fact, in, in terms of some of the numbers, um, as we, we stated, ICANN starts accepting these new applications in January. Mm-hmm. Verisign predicted, predicted uh, 1,500 plus new GTLD applications in the first window between January 12th and uh, April 12th. But uh, understand ICANN's only going to select uh, 500 of them. Um, it, are those numbers about yeah. accurate? It's, it's not – I don't think it's actually quite like that. I mean, I admire Pat Kane enormously in Verisign, and, and if he said there's 1,500, then he knows more than I do, which is great. Uh, I'm willing for 1,500. What I can is said is that the pricing for the application process is based on a cohort of 500. Okay. They haven't specified how many they think they're building their systems for. I very, very much hope that they're building it for a system of 2,000 applications coming through, not 500, um, and because – Frankly, I think the systems will crash on day one. My name is Victor Pitts, and you're listening to Domain Masters on webmasterradio.fm. Domain Masters will be back after this short break. Stay tuned. Two, one, booster ignition. Ascend into new heights of ranking and revenue with a search engine-friendly online shopping cart that's ready for liftoff. Introducing Ascender Cart. Ascender Cart optimizes your shopping cart with easy-to-use SEO tools that will help build keywords, titles, and tags for top search engine rankings. Get all of the advantages of having a shopping cart on your site and monitor your progress with regular reports in just a click. Prepare to launch your shopping cart to the top of the search engines with Ascender Cart. Learn more about what Ascender Cart can do for you at AscenderCart.com. A-S-C-E-N-D-E-R-C-A-R-T dot com. As you know, being an expert at f- <gasps> What did she say? Requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f***? Whoa! You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their f- performance to the next level the language of course we're talking about managing facebook ads on a quizio oh 
Buy, track, manage, optimize, and report on media across all major ad networks. Visit Acquizio.com to get a demo today. Acquizio. Search, social, display, one platform. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. The Cyber Law and Business Report, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're back with more Domain Masters, where we teach you to be the master of your domain. Master of your domain. Here's Victor Pitts. <laughs> what, uh, as, as you're interacting with your clients, you and your team, what expectations do you give clients about the, the a realistic time frame from the through the application process to the to the business launch of, of establishing a new TLD? <sighs> The timeline is public, and it's been pretty clear, you know, what I can think it can deliver in terms of the the evaluation. There are very, there are some very significant variables in that. Number one significant variable is how many contending applications there will be. So if there's seven dot vectors, then six of those dot vectors are in big trouble. Um, if there are batching mm-hmm. of a range of different applications, which of course has to include. Um, each of the contending strings, so all the same strings have to be bunched together. We're not clear about how ICANN is actually going to process these in a sequential or contiguous way, Um, and and I think we frankly need some more guidance about that. Um, I think that there's also some significant problems about how long evaluation takes. Having chaired the sponsorship and other issues evaluation committee in the 2004 round when we had 10 applications, ICANN had asked me to chair that group and I was delighted to do so. It was lovely. And I thought, oh, great, it's going to be lickety-split, quick bit of work, all the binders, everything's done. It took six months longer for the evaluation process just for those 10. Mm. And this is a very, very much bigger and more complicated and more complex task. To get a name out the other end, then I think you hit the second snag, which is objection, contention and auction phase. Um, And that's when I think, you know, you really start to see where the money is. Mm-hmm. And I've been speaking to some applicants who've got a lot of money stashed away in their back pocket to secure a name and I'm not necessarily of the view that one ought to spend that, you know, millions and millions of dollars on, on securing a name unless you've got a really fantastic idea you know is going to work. And then getting it through the IANA pre-delegation testing contract negotiation phase is not easy anyway. Um, so, I mean, I think realistically it's about 13 months before it would come out the other end. That's not to say that you don't do all your planning and you you have everything in place and you're ready to press the go button on day one. Um, But in my experience, there have been a lot of delays. And this is something new. This has not been really done before at scale. And I certainly don't think we can expect perfection and precision on many of these different processes. 
Well, with so many unknowns as far as how long things will take, mm-hmm. uh, with, with expectations that there'll be a lot of applications, whether it be 1,500 or, or whatever the number, there'll be a lot of applications coming into ICANN. It's going to be a new process for them. Um, and, and so not all of those applications are going to be tended to. Uh, with all that in, in consideration, what would you advise your uh, applicants that, that that want to, you know, use some assistance, work with you? How soon should they be dis- in conversations with Sidari? Yesterday. Okay. I'm not being silly about that. I mean, I, of course, I would say that, but I'm but I'm very very serious. Mm-hmm. Um, the the time that this takes, the the money that it takes the complexity that there is involved in very, very large pieces of this particular puzzle just need time. Mm -hmm. They need people. You need people who are willing to work hard for the next six months. And frankly, we're at 149 days till applications open. Unless you've really got a serious amount of work done by yourself, you're behind the eight ball and you need to get a wriggle on, you know, to use my mother's tongue, Um, (laughs) because I don't believe that there is any place for tardiness and for wasting time because something will go wrong. Mm -hmm. An investor might withdraw or you might realise that a huge competitor has entered into the market who's kept things very close to their chest and very quiet. And we're seeing many, many, many applicants keeping very close, tight control on any whisper of their potential names that they might apply for. So... You know, that has to be taken into account for in a competitive marketplace. So seriously, day before yesterday would be a good day to talk to us. Um, as I, I said in the middle of the conversation, there is a scarcity of expertise and, and expertise is expensive. Um, but expertise also takes time. Um, there is not a cookie-cutter solution to this. Anyone who's proposing a cookie-cutter solution and will do this for this kind of McDonald's, you know, this burger and fries thing with a Coke on the side is just, you know, misleading applicants. Right. Uh, this is very much about understanding an applicant's business, about understanding their particular risk issues, their tolerance for delay, their, their ability to change course if they need to adjust their ideas. And it's very, very significant. Leaving aside all of the particular issues around the protection of the rights of others, and around sensitivities of government advisory committee and particularly around approvals process for anyone who's, for example, proposing to apply for a city name or a regional um, denomination of something um, like Dot Dorset, where I happen to live. Um, so it's very, very important to, to speak now and speak early and be prepared for no holidays until the <laughs> of April 2012. What is the best way for someone to uh, contact Sadari? The best way to get hold of us is, um, you can, of course, email me, liz.williams at sadari.com. Um, you can go on our website, um, www.sadari, S-E-D-A-R-I.com. Um, and we'll also be at the dot .next uh, conference in, next week in San Francisco. You can find us there. Um, we're, we're easy to get hold of um, and we're very responsive. Um, we have team members across uh, from Japan through Central Europe, through the U.K., around to Ottawa and then East Coast, West Coast, United States. Um, so we can deal with clients on their time zone in their own time frame. Um, we just need to know where you are and, you know, we'll, we'll be reaching out to a whole bunch of people, um, you know, over the next couple of weeks to just see where they're up to. Um, but honestly, I can't 
urge an applicant, a potential applicant, enough to get in touch with us and get going as quickly as you can. Dr. Williams, I wish to uh, thank you and, and the Sidari team. Uh, well, I'd like to thank you for being on Domain Masters, and I want to wish you and the Sidari team great success in the upcoming year. Uh, I know that you've got your work cut out for you, but oh, yes. uh, no, no doubt that the, the market needs uh, services uh, such as yours in order to get to market and to do it right. It, it's, it's a lot to it, and you shouldn't underestimate it, uh, what, what's required in order to bring a new name to market. So I appreciate you being on Domain Masters. Thanks very much. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Folks, we'll come to the end of another close of an edition of Domain Masters, the radio show where you learn to be the master of your domain. I'm your host, Victor Pitts, and you're listening to Domain Masters on webmasterradio.fm. All of our shows are archived at webmasterradio.fm, as well as podcasts on such popular locations as iTunes, Google, and Yahoo. Come back to webmasterradio.fm next week for another informative Domain Masters episode. Till then, best wishes, and I hope that you're each the master of your domain. Good night, folks. 